it's Ashley and I am back with my review of episode four for Run the World on Stars. Alright, so first things first, I have been in like the worst aftermath of food poisoning, E. coli poisoning, poisoning, whatever. Your girl has been down bad, y'all. Like, I can't even explain (laughs) how sick and dizzy I was. It was just really bad. Um, Yeah, you cannot eat everybody's calamari. And especially you would think that if calamari was like $20 a plate, it would at least be digestible. But that's neither here nor there. Let's go ahead and get episode four of Run the World started. This episode is titled I Love Harlem. And I think it's probably my favorite episode so far. And I know that's not a lot of like material because it's only four episodes, but it's my favorite so far. So we open with Renee in this apartment getting a tour. Um, the real estate agent is a asshole. <laughs> like, he's asking her, oh, you asked about a um, stove. Can you cook? Do you know how to do this? Do you know how to do that? And he's like, you know that we have to have, you know, first and last month's rent. And Renee is ready. Renee says, here is the first last month's rent. Um, pay, pay state, like payroll, um, bank statements. She was like, even if you want to, I can tell you the, um, what was it, the last day of my period and what my bra size, bra size is. I'm sorry. Like, she was just going on this man. And she nicely gave that shade right back to him. And we find out that she's actually not looking for her. So she leaves the apartment. This little kid calls her ma. And she's like, could you not call me ma? I'm not old enough to be your mother. This little boy is maybe seven or eight at the max 10. And Renee is about to be 32. Renee, that, that could have totally been your child. Stop playing. Um, she get, she very much was giving the whole don't call me auntie type thing. But the little boy is like, are you fancy? You look pretty fancy. And she's like, oh, thanks. You know, she softens. So she notices there are some people playing basketball. She's like, are you excited about the basketball court they're building? And he was like, no, it's for all the fancy people, a.k.a. all the people who are moving into the gentrified projects. And she pretty much looks like the I.E. Dash face. <laughs> and he's just like, okay, bye, ma. So she was about to talk to him again, but the Nutcracker salesman, AKA, if y'all don't know what a Nutcracker is, Nutcracker is kind of like a grain alcohol slash rum-based beverage in Brooklyn, or mainly in New York, but I always hear like really talked about in Brooklyn. Um, literally any flavor you can imagine, but they pack a very dangerous punch I went to a restaurant here in Atlanta and had nutcrackers with a homegirl. And if that's anything like what they have in New York, honey, tread lightly. So she's running after the nutcracker man in her little YSL heels and the show opens. So she gets back to the apartment and Jason has fixed the lights in the refrigerator. And they have like this weird awkward exchange and she's like but I brought you some food I bought you breakfast so you know they're just sitting there talking and she basically brought him the breakfast to butter him up about him moving out because we find out 
She toured the apartment. She got all the information together. She applied to the apartment for him. She literally is desperate to get this man out of the house. She brings up that they are doing something called conscious uncoupling, AKA they both don't wanna spend the money on a divorce. So apparently this is the most amicable way they can do it. Jason says he doesn't understand why they have to separate physically as far as like a shared space. And he's like, you know, we watch reality TV together. Apparently they watch a show called Hot Baby Mamas of Detroit. And so she's like, okay, we can finish watching the season and you know, then you gotta leave. And he's like, okay. Well, I'm taking all the um, electronics. And she's like, that's fine. He's like, that includes the Vitamix. And she was like, you know what? Fair. So they pretty much leave it at that. She's like, I'm going to go meditate. And Jason's like, well, I'm going to stay here and, you know, mind my business because I'm not moving. We'll see what happens there. We then go to Ella and Anderson. They are, you know, getting freaky deaky, you know, doing the horizontal twister, all that jazz. And I noticed Ella is like very fixated on describing her life as a rom-com or like a romantic comedy. Like this is literally the fourth episode where she has brought this shit up. And it just is interesting to me because I'm like, girl, what is this obsession with describing your life this way? And I'm thinking maybe it's because she's an author or she's a journalist, I'm not sure. And she asks Anderson, you know, when two people are having sex in the movies and they both just happen to flop on the bed in perfect timing. She's like, what position is that that you could do that? And Anderson's like, um, I don't know, whatever. So her friend from work calls her and says, you know, it's Saturday, come to brunch. And she tells Anderson, you know, you should come with me. Anderson's like, I don't want to have to explain to people why we're back together. And she actually tells them, we're, tells him, we're just fucking, we are not back together. And he decides to join her for our brunch. So we see Ella and Anderson walking towards brunch. Um, there's this group of these little teenage girls and they're just like, oh, y'all cute. And Ella's like, thank you, but we're not together. And Anderson is just like, why do you have to clarify to some little kids on the block? And Ella's like, I just want to make it clear. And the little girl <laughs> yells out behind. She's like, you know, if you don't want them, then I'll take them. And, you know, she slaps five with her friends. And they just a cackling and kiki. And I'm like, oh, to be young and innocent and just in grown folks' business. Oh, childhood. <laughs> so I noticed something interesting. They walk up to brunch with Javi and their friends. And the way they shot this scene is interesting because you see, excuse me, you see Ellen Anderson walk up. Ella has her earrings on. You see Ella turn the corner. Ella ain't got no earrings on. You see Ella get to the table. Ella got one earring on. You see Ella sit down. Ella doesn't have any earrings again. And I'm just like, how many times did they shoot this scene? I don't know, it's just kind of weird. I noticed it. But they walk in on a conversation. Well, first, Javi, you know, gives Ella 
her right her reads her her rights he's like oh nice to see you and she's like you missed my birthday so you know i'm about to divorce you as work husband status he's like child whatever you know you can't replace me especially not dealing with our crazy ass boss barb so they are playing a game called mary shag kill and it is the battle of the ryans so you have ryan reynolds ryan felipe and ryan gosling it was mary shag kill I would marry Ryan Reynolds just because I feel like we would always have money. I would shag Ryan Gosling because ever since I've seen Crazy, is it Crazy Stupid Love? Yeah, Crazy Stupid Love. I all just want to know. I wonder how it is. And I'd kill Ryan Felipe because no one cheats on Reese Witherspoon and gets away with it. Capiche? So yeah, that's my order. <laughs> so it just so happens that lo and behold, Ola and Whitney pass by and they see Ella first. Like, oh, hi, Ella, blah, 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 how are you? Anderson has gone to the bar at this time. So all of a sudden, Anderson walks up with the drinks and Whitney's like, oh my God, hi, Anderson. And she's looking at Ella like, you gonna have some explaining to do, figure out what story you want to tell because we gonna have to talk about this in the group soon. And Ella just has this look on her face like, shit, I done got caught, whatever. So, Ola and Whitney are actually going to meet Ola's sister, Monife, who is also a doctor. And they are going to meet an auntie, aka a, a woman in the African, in their African community. I believe they're Nigerian, but I do not want to assume because Africa is made up of very many different countries. So, I'm not going to assume, but I think they are Nigerian. I think they are Nigerian because they're talking in Yoruba, I believe. Anywho's, so Monife comes and she's like, hey, you need to call your mom because she's talking about she wanted to fire the caterer. Whitney is immediately in shambles. She's like, oh my God, we got to get a new caterer because it is jollof rice. And Ola is like, calm down. Don't worry about it. I'm going to leave you with my sister. You're in good hands. I'm going to go to the African buffet and get some food. And Whitney's like, I can't eat that. You know, it's so close to the wedding. And Ola is like, you know, we're just a really sexy couple. We do the work, blah, blah, blah. Just being Whitney's heart, man. And I'm just like, Ola is so precious. Wow. So Monife <laughs> brings Whitney to Auntie. And you can see that Monife and Whitney have a really solid relationship. But I also feel like you would probably have a solid relationship with a person that you have been with like your your brother or your sibling significant other when they've been together basically since college started. So I feel like, you know, that's probably why Monife is like, you are a better woman than anyone in our family is because you can put up with Monife. I mean, you can put up with Ola and all his shenanigans, especially him working at the hospital so much and leaving you to do all this wedding stuff. And Whitney's just like, no. I'm the lucky one. I love your brother. He's great. The auntie is hilarious. So auntie's just lavishing praises on Monife. Monife is a doctor. She's successful. She's a gorgeous woman. And Monife is like, yeah, the only reason or the only thing that would make me more successful to my mom is if I brought home another successful doctor to marry. And Whitney's trying to get in on it. And auntie's like, mm, come here. Look at the fabrics, whatever. 
We look at the fabrics, they see it is gorgeous. And we don't see Monife and Ola's mother yet, but based on this whole interaction and how Auntie's like, your mom is a, or your mother-in-law is a very difficult and intense woman. God bless you. I think, I think Ola's mom is gonna give us a run for our money. So yeah, uh, so you see Whitney's having like this weird reaction to seeing herself in the head garment and Whit and Monife is like, oh, it's probably just cold feet, you know, fine, blah, blah, blah. And she just rushes off and says, let me call mom. So Whitney is, I guess, having a moment. So she calls Renee and they meet at this little park bench. And may I just say, these are very fabulous outfits. <laughs> like, <laughs> just Whitney has this like sleeveless blazer, but it's plaid. I can tell it's clearly something by Chanel or Prada. Like it's something very designer. Renee has this gorgeous dress. They both got on these heels high to the heavens. And they meet up and Renee is like, so what's going on? So Whitney tells her, hey, I cheated on Ola with community dick, community being Chris. And Renee is like, okay, and? And she tells her that, you know, I figured something was up when you pulled that whole, I don't think I'm ready to get married. And she tells her that while cheating is unkind, she understands that this is kind of Whitney having a little bit of a rebellious, I guess, approach or reaction to marriage because She's pretty much in the process of singing her shoulda, coulda, wouldas, as Cheryl Lee Ralph in Sister Act 2 would say. She's like, you know, I never tried online dating, or I never got to do this, or I never had to send a DM. And she's like, I feel robbed. And Renee is like, I kind of get it, because you know, you're basically a one dick wonder getting like married. And you don't want to, you know, you don't want to say, I did not live life like Courtney Kardashian. Like, I didn't want to say I didn't live life. And Renee is like, you know, cut yourself some slack and just understand, you know, this is kind of a part of it. And Renee kind of starts talking about how, you know, she got married young and certain things happened. And she said something, and Whitney says something interesting. Whitney says, it seems that we've crossed over into the about you part of the conversation where Renee kind of starts like sidebarring into Jason and I thought that was interesting because I feel like while that might have been the case I also think that Whitney could have cut Renee some slack especially since she was not there on the divorce day so I kind of felt like Whitney was a little selfish about that but you know that's the horse of a different color and for the most part Renee is just like look I get that you have your never have I ever's and you don't want to be a one dick wonder. However, if you don't want to marry this man, I'll be there to drive the, drive the getaway car. But understand that this man is, you know, he's ready to marry you. He puts up with your crazy. So Whitney's like, so does that mean I should tell him? And Renee is like, no, you shut the fuck up. You bury that shit deep, deep, deep. And you make your peace with it. And she says, don't punish Olaf with your truth. This man puts up with you making Excel sheets for grocery shopping. And that is enough for them both to be like, you know what? You're right. And did I mention they were sharing like a vape this time, this whole time? So they're, they're eating, they're drinking these nutcrackers. Whitney is guzzling hers. Renee has just finished hers. She's like, ooh, I need to pee. All of a sudden, 
they just happened to be in the neighborhood where Matthew, aka Sandy's boo things, Brownstone is. And Renee's banging door. She's like, let me in. So Renee goes to pee and Sandy is in this beautiful pantsuit, jumpsuit get up. And she's got these great heels. And I'm just like, what, what? Is this just what you wear? sitting around that like th these are very well-dressed women for a saturday of quote unquote errand running this is very interesting to me i'm just kind of like um okay I, like but once again very fabulous very very fabulous i enjoy the fantasy of it and at this point whitney is blitz she's like hey come outside and play with us, AKA come out and let's like go get drunk and do stuff. And Sandy's like, okay, sure. Cause she hears Amari about to make um, Matthew play hide and seek. She was like, you know what? I need some adult interaction. Let's roll out. And they happen to just go ahead, peel up out of there. And Funkin' for Jamaica by Tom Brown starts playing. And this is like the perfect soundtrack for this moment. All right, so like I said, we're in this whole funkin' for Jamaica, like you know, this little interlude, and Whitney, Sandy, and Renee are just living their best drunk, black, magical, just well put together lives. And they come up in the park. And Renee is like, oh my God, I love that speaker you got. You know, she's just bubbly. She just be talking to people. And this young man, this little boy could not be older than 21. I just, I called, he was a young little tenderoni whippersnapper. And he was like, oh yeah, you know, you can come up here. I'm barbecuing. I got everything that I do a body good. And Whitney's laughing. <laughs> And Renee's like, okay, so you got some pork ribs over there? And he's like, are there any other kind? Sandy pipes in that she's from Memphis, which I think is that is interesting. So we now know that there is a, that there's like an interesting dynamic with them. The rest of them are from New York and have known each other basically since like the sixth grade. Sandy, that makes me wonder where does Sandy come in at? Because if she's not from New York and she's from Tennessee, how did she get into the friend group? So I would love for Yvette Lee Browser and the um, type, the writing um, room to like let us know, give us a little feedback, not even feedback, just give us like a little, you know, how did it happen or origin story on their friendship because I think that would be pretty cool. So they, you know, sit down and they just go on the swings and they are all drunk and high as fuck and pretty much Renee is like I really need Jason to get the fuck up out my house and they're like well what why does you know why were why are y'all still in the house together in the first place and Sandy's like you know this little conscious uncoupling bullshit was your idea so technically you need to figure out how to tell him to get out your house so Sandy suggests you know text him and say Jason get the fuck out kindly and gently and sign Renee Renee drunk and high ass actually texted just like that. So all of a sudden they have this moment. Get the fuck out, Jason. Get the fuck out. Push, push. Like they clearly they are just very much having a Braxton's random song moment. And I'm like, okay, girl, whatever. 
all of a sudden they come up on these drummers in the park and everybody's just dancing there's a lot of dancing in this episode just prepare yourself and all of a sudden we see matthew and amari getting some ice cream or some shaved ice or something nice at a little cart they're like come over come over so everybody's dancing amari is cutting a fucking rush she's like i'm about to turn this dance circle out and little girl just starts dancing for her life debbie allen is shaking all of a sudden matthew and sandy you know they kiss and there's like this linger from the camera on their kiss and it kind of like goes to a slow-mo that goes back fast and something in my head is just like this is interesting oh, okay and it's not lost on me that this is particularly interesting because Sandy won't even speak to this man on campus but you know she out in the streets being free as a jaybird and kissing on him whatever we'll see so all of a sudden Renee gets a call from Ella, Ella's like, come to the French bar. It's lit, it's really lit, it's Saturday, lit, 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 lit. And Renee's like, girl, please stop saying lit. And I'm like, I agree, I agree, stop saying lit. So they get there and Ella's already there with Javi and Barb. Javi and Ella are just sitting there like, Barb trying to talk about work stuff on a Saturday and that's just not flying. Um, the owner of the bar, he's this beautiful French-African man. And he's like, you know, he's he's kind of feeling on Barb. Barb's feeling him too, let me just say. Barb's like, who, who this, who this? And Ella's like, oh, this is Yotenge or whoever. Muso, Muso, Muso is fine. So Renee comes up also, Sharice, aka Precious Lee. Or is it Precious Brooks? Either way, Precious is back in the scene, the girl who plays Sharice the bartender. And let me tell you something, Sharice and them titties, chef's kiss. Like, the, I just feel like her whole body aesthetic is pow! Like, she, she's hot as hell. That's all I got. Um, So Renee comes up, and Renee love her some Barb, but Barb just don't be seeing it for Renee. She called Renee a chihuahua in heels, and Renee's like, why don't you love me, Barb? Like, it's pretty funny. So Whitney starts wilding out, and <laughs> yeah, oh wait, no, let me, oh yeah, so Sandy's like, oh my God, your skin is so nice, can I touch it? And Barb is looking mortified, and they are pretty much like, well, let's go dancing. And Barb's like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to go. And all of a sudden, Muse is like, do you want to go dancing? Come on. She's like, yeah, yeah. We, we like trying her one word of French that she knows. And I'm like, oh, Barb. Barb bought the wee wee fee fee and voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Her way into some French peen. Like, girl, ha have we not seen Serge Ibaka? Like, whoo, that Congolese peen is quite nice so ella comes outside and she sees that whitney is just talking to the other congolese men and she's smoking a cigarette and ella's like okay so what we got going on here and whitney's like you know i'm just enjoying myself i'm blowing off some steam but you don't need to be worried about me you need to be worried about your boss and you need to be worried about your other friends and also, Whitney is, there was this unspoken moment earlier in the episode where Whitney and Renee are like, so when is Ella going to tell us she's back banging Anderson? And so I think in this moment, Whitney's kind of looking like, you worried about me. 
ain't you back with your ex boo okay sis whatever so she tells ella let me do what i want to do and ella's like okay girl whatever i'm gonna babysit you so they get to the afro beats club they start dancing somehow everyone knows the choreography which i guess that's because a lot of afro beats and um a lot of the moves are common with certain songs so everybody's going in they dancing all this stuff and one by one everybody starts falling off but barb in this dance number um barb did her thing erica lee erica lee alexander is just gold in this role but yeah everybody kind of start dropping like flies sandy gets this text from matthew saying come home it's urgent and so she just randomly slips off. Ella gets the eggplant emoji from Anderson. She just dips up out of nowhere. So, you know, Renee and Whitney are still there. They're just living their best life with Barb. And so Sandy gets to Matthew's brownstone. Homeboy sitting on steps. And she's like, oh, shit, is it Omari? Like, what's going on? And he's like, um, the university knows. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like they they, a formal complaint has been lodged someone saw them and sandy's like no we were just really careful like you know i it's probably not nothing sandy just happens to check her email and the complaint has been sent to her as well and so she just starts crying and now they are in panic mode so we're gonna see how that plays out in the next episode meanwhile ella goes over to Anderson's house and they pretty much just chow. In the words of Dolly Parton, they were just too chow-chow for words, honey. I was like, ooh, I was blushing a little bit. And I was thinking to myself, Ella, girl, how, 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 how are you, how, how are you handling this again? Okay, we'll see. We'll see how long y'all not together. He laying down pipe like that, girl. So Whitney gets home. Ola's at the hospital at work. So, but he left her a note saying that she should enjoy the food and he left her some oxtail and something else. The food looks delicious. And of course, when you got the munchies, you like everything is just good. So she's eating it. All of a sudden, she looks at the save the date and she just has this fast attack. She throw that good West African food on the floor. And I'm like, Whitney, what the fuck you doing, sis? Like, what the fuck is this? And that is the last we see of Whitney this episode. And then the episode closes with Renee coming home. She's got more food for her and Jason. And I recognize that I think that her love language to Jason is acts of service because she's she's doing she does things for him. She has applied to this apartment for him. She has gone through the process of getting all the paperwork for him. She brings him breakfast she brings him you know dinner and so she's going through the apartment um townhouse she's like jason where you at jason and lo and behold hot baby moms of detroit is queued up on the dvr and there is a message or a post-it next to the remote and it said heard you big moves i'm out y'all this triggered me because if you know anything about me in my review of Sex in the City, you know that one of the top most hated people for me on Sex in the City was Burger. Burger is the worst boyfriend in the franchise. He's worse than Richard. Like, Burger is terrible. 
he is mediocre as most white men are um he is terrible at writing and he's just basically like he was out he was upstaged by Carrie and you know Berger was just a piece of shit and we all know that how it ended well if you don't know Berger ended things with Carrie with a post-it and I don't know if Yvette Lee Browser and the team meant to do this but I saw that post-it and I was instantly triggered and I was like I already hated Jason but I don't have no sympathy for Jason in this moment but Renee just looks around and she's like well damn and that is where we end episode four of Run the World on Stars. I love Harlem. Thank y'all so much for hanging in there with me for another week. Episode five looks interesting, so we are definitely going to dig into that soon. I hope y'all are checking out Kiki's Ready to Love reviews. And I want to say Kiki has also just done a review for Encore on BET. I'm going to have to watch that and then we'll catch up on her review and yeah y'all can find me on instagram and twitter at auntie ash that's auntie ash underscore you can find kiki at k-dior and y'all can find our podcast page on instagram at otr pod thank y'all so much i hope y'all enjoy y'all's week and we'll talk again soon bye Mwah.